0: Peace, power, and Prosperity family. This is Amir, the Chicago Crypto Hustler, Bitcoin Block Bully, coming to you once again. New Money Matrix podcast. How are we doing out there, family? Um, I wanted to come together today and I wanted to speak on currency, money, USD, United States Dollar, Federal Reserve Note. I want to give more of a overstanding or understanding, depending on how you look at it, of what money is, what money isn't. And what is the currency that we currently transact with on a day to day basis and also what transacting with that currency on a day to day basis actually means. So um, first off, for those who think the Federal Reserve produces banknotes or coins, the Federal Reserve does not produce any banknotes or coins. The Bureau of Engraving and Printing produce currency and stamps and the U.S. Mint produces the nation's coins. The Federal Reserve issues Federal Reserve notes and places them in circulation. Um, According to legal, the legal tender statute, which when we're speaking about legal tender, we are right now speaking on the U.S. dollar. Not so much constitutional money, which is gold and silver, but a note or a bank note. Um, so according to the legal tender statute, which is Section 5103, Title 31 of the U.S. Code. So it would be U.S. Code 31, Subsection 5103, I believe. Let me make sure. Let's see. U.S. Code, what was it? 31. Yep. 51. Yep. U.S. Code uh, 31. U.S. Code 31. Title U.S. Code. Title 31. U.S. Code. Subsection 5103 is the legal tender statute for anyone that wants to go and read over it, which I may do a whole bill just reading the whole statute. So we got a real, uh, real, real deep comprehension. Anyways, United States coins and currency, including Federal Reserve notes and circulating notes of the Federal Reserve Bank and national banks are legal tender. Pay attention now for all debt. Debts, public charges, taxes and dues. Once again, legal tender, Federal Reserve notes, Federal Reserve uh, banks or notes circulating notes of the Federal Reserve Bank and national banks are legal tender for debts. Public charges. Pay attention. Public charges. Pay attention. Taxes and dues. This means that all U.S. money as identified when tendered to a creditor. Right. Legally satisfies a due to the extent of the amount face value tender. So if you are giving a Federal Reserve note, which you call cash, you know, dead presidents, dineros, De FEDI, whatever the case may be, the bag, as a lot of y'all like to say, we get into the bag and the bag ain't nothing but a bag full of debtors notes. You really, really need to comprehend and understand that you're holding a big ass bag of debt. Anyways, um, when you tender or give a debt note to a creditor, it satisfies the debt of the product service whatever the case may be that you gave it up for so think of it like this think of it like this um when you go get a TV from the store the TV has pretty much not even pretty much the TV is already paid for what you're doing is giving them a note that is legal tender for the debt that was left in left in place because it was paid for already. You understand what I mean? Remember, the United States is trillions of dollars in debt. So they cannot really pay you versus giving you legal tender to operate with. Remember, you're not getting paid. In order to get paid, you have to get be paid with something of actual value. And the United States dollar does not have any value other than the, backed by the full credit and faith of the American people. Meaning your labor. Basically it. So each individual that is born within the United States and nationalized or made a U.S. citizen under the 14th Amendment, you are given a Social Security number, which is like an employee number, from the Social Security Administration, which is a entity, corporate entity, and the number they give you is tied to your person. I'm going to leave it at that because I'll get too far, far left. However, no federal law, pay attention to this, no federal law mandates that a person or organization must accept currency or coins as payment for goods or services not yet provided. I'm going to say that again. No federal law mandates that a person or organization must accept cor- currency or coins as payment for goods or service is not yet provided. For example, a bus line may not prohibit payment of fares in pennies or dollar bills. You get that? So, they can't tell you um let me see how to put this. They can't tell you they don't want to take your pennies in all actuality. I mean, well, let me not say that cuz some places do have their own code, statute rules and regulations. So, let me not say that. Um But like some movie theaters, convenience stores, gas stations, as a matter of policy, may refuse to accept certain currency of a large denomination, such as notes above 20 or $20, uh, a $20 note. And as long as notice is posted in a transaction giving rise to a debt has not already been completed, the organizations have not violated the legal tender law. So, they can tell you we don't want to step 50s, 100s, 20s, whatever the case may be. We only want to take ones, fives, and tens. They have not violated any law. Um, when we get into the difference between U.S. notes, which y'all, a lot of y'all probably aren't even familiar with, and the Federal Reserve note, right? U.S. notes were the first national currency, and they started circulating around, uh, or during the Civil War, rather. Um, they were authorized by the Legal Tender Act of 1862, right? Now the Department of Treasury issued these notes directly. Issuance was subject to limitations, meaning the Congress established a statutory limitation of 300 million on the amount of US notes outstanding and in circulation. Although this was this amount was significant. Ugh. Excuse me. Even though this may have been significant back in, you know, the Civil War days, It's pretty much a very small fraction of the total currency that's in circulation in the United States. U.S. notes serve no function that is not already served by the Federal Reserve note. They're just two different notes, but they serve the same function. As a result, the Treasury Department stopped issuing U.S. notes. And ain't none of them in circulation since January 21st, 1971. Those that remain in circulation are obligations of the U.S. government. Let me add that, obligations of the U.S. government. So the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 authorized the production and circulation of Federal Reserve notes. 1913, remember the Federal Reserve Act. Although printed by the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, the BEP, these notes move into circulation through the Federal Reserve System. They are obligations of both the Federal Reserve System and the United States government. Let me say that again. They are obligations Of both, the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government. Um, Both U.S. notes and Federal Reserve notes are part of the national currency and are legal tender. They circulate as money in the same way. Now, when we talk about money, well, let me, let me, eh, I don't want to too much deviate. Um, Let me see. Uh, So, with the U.S. notes, right, or the National Bank Notes, they're still in circulation. Um, National Bank Notes were issued from 1863 to 1935. Now, they're probably worth more than face value to those that collect currency, you know what I mean? Uh, Coins and currency are placed in circulation through depository institutions. They're not... um, Okay, depository institution. Let's see. We'll use a currency exchange, for instance. You take a check, right? We'll say a check for McDonald's, Burger King, whatever the case may be, you know, just starting off first job, you know, first check ever. You're taking that piece of paper, which is a debt instrument. You're tendering it to the person behind the counter who is the cashier. And what he or she is doing is tendering you back a certain amount of debtor's notes in accordance to your check, least the taxes that they took from you. So you already know when you go to currency exchange, you give them a $400 check. You're probably going to get back. what they, I don't know. I haven't, man, I haven't cashed a check in so long. $380 maybe, $390, whatever. $395, I don't know. But you're not going to get the whole $400 in Federal Reserve notes back because they have to take their cut. Everything you do when you do with that Federal Reserve note, they take a cut. Check it out. In order for you to spend the Federal Reserve note, they take a cut. You pay. You pay extra to spend it. In order for you to make or accumulate or receive Federal Reserve notes, you pay. There's a tax. You file your tax returns at the end of the year. But those are for taxes that have been taken out throughout the year. So they, they take your money when you spend it They take your money when you receive it. Remember that. They also... Excuse me. They also... Take your money when you allow them to hold it. That's called a fee. So if you got your money or Federal Reserve note sitting in the bank, not only are they taking it and trading it against other fiat currencies around the world, they're also charging you an X amount. You get what I'm saying? To transact anything. You messing with the Federal Reserve note, you in the public, you're getting taxed. Um But anyway, so when we look at how it's given out to us, uh, you know, currency exchanges, um, banks, which is a a depository institute, they obtain the coins and currency from their reserve banks. Now, the Federal Reserve and the Bureau of Graving and Printing, or the BEP, and the U.S. Mint do not provide coins and currency um, straight to the public for circulation. They just don't. They got to give it through a a, a middleman. You know what I mean? Um, Let me see. So when we were playing with these... And what we got to remember is that one time these notes were once backed by gold or silver and then they were certificates. They weren't a note. A note is just a note. We got to really comprehend the words that we be using sometimes. A certificate shows proof of ownership. A note is just what it is. It's the ownership. So you holding a U.S. dollar Federal Reserve note, you're not showing uh, proof of anything. But if you have a silver certificate or a gold certificate or if you had prior to 1933, 34, 35, uh, excuse me. You held something of value because it could be turned in and traded or um, given and you will receive the gold for the actual value of the currency itself or the certificate. One of the largest ever printed by the Bureau of uh, the BEP was a $100,000 gold certificate series 1934. I'm going to say that again. This is a $100,000 gold certificate, not a bill. You got to understand what a bill is and stop calling everything bills. Um... There was a $100,000 gold certificate, series 1934, and it had Woodrow Wilson on the front of it. That's what was featured on it. Now, the series was only issued to the Federal Reserve Bank against an equal amount of gold bullion held by the Department of the Treasury system. First certain banks established between the Treasurer of the United States and the Federal Reserve Bank. Pull out a dollar. For anyone that's got any money right now, pull out a dollar, dollar bill, $5 bill, $10 bill. And when you look at it, look up in the left hand corner, right up under the United, and you're going to say it states plainly this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. Now, also, what you want to look at, which you can find out what bank issued this debtor's note, is if you look under that, you'll have a certain letter. Each letter pertains to a certain geographical area. Um, I used to know the letters, too, what they uh, added up with. I can't say it right now exactly what it is, but they definitely um, are tied to certain banks. I'm trying to think what the number for Chicago was. Was it F? I think F may have been Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. F may have been Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Nah, F was Georgia. Um, Hmm... Let me see. I'm trying to think if I got some debtor's notes. Um, I don't think so. Nope. No debtor's notes. So, But if you look at yours, you'll be able to see And They actually have two signatures on them also. Now, you have a signature from the Secretary of the Treasury. That's the Secretary of the Treasury. Just a secretary. And then you have a signature from the Treasury or the Treasurer of the United States. Two signatures. Those two signatures. Remember, your signature is very important, very valuable. When you sign things, you are giving it value at life. So imagine you have you received a note with no signatures on it. It would be a dead note. You wouldn't be able to do anything with it. They'd Look at it as counterfeit because it doesn't have all of the characteristics of a Federal Reserve note. Um Let me see. Strangely enough, what a lot don't understand is that to get currency out of circulation, right? They got processing and authentic, the authentication machines at the Federal Reserve Bank cash offices. And they determine whether currency received from circulation is genuine and fit for recirculation. If it's not or it's too worn from circulation, then the note is shredded. And they give these. Well, no, nah, you know what? They send them the landfills. Or they uh, provide them as souvenirs for public tours. You know, saying those that are going through the Federal Reserve. So. I'm having a yarn attack. I don't know where this came from. Um, Man, I'm having a very bad yarn attack. And I really don't know where this came from. <laughs> for anyone out there that likes to collect coins, right? Let me tell you this. Certain pennies are worth 2.5% or double One and a half more than what they actually are face valued at. So a penny, you already know, is worth one cent in the store. But if you get a penny that's before a certain time frame, those pennies were more so made with a majority of copper in them. So if you find copper pennies enough and collect them, you're in order to to clean those. If you want to clean them. But for anyone is collecting pennies, remember. You can find pennies that are worth two and a half cents. So, for every one dollar, you got two dollars and fifty cents in pennies in, in copper value. And you can watch the price of copper fluctuate, go up and down. You know what I mean? Just pay attention to it. But let's just say you got some old coins and you want to clean them, right? They can be fresh by rubbing with, uh, I think you use cheesecloth or cotton. And you want to moisten it with a paste consisting of baking soda and maybe just a few drops of water. Once a coin is tarnished though there's no way to uh restore it all the way to minted you know what I'm saying mint condition that's pretty much impossible now the condition of a coin is important um in aspects or in relation to determining the value its value as a collector's item that's the only time so man get out get your currency, clean it up you know for those that are collector collectors um let me see uh. What else do I want to go over? Okay, let's talk about. Nah, eh, hey, really, well, yeah, let's get it, Let's get to it. So let's think about in God We Trust model that's on the back, right? And when was that put in? And what did it have to do with anything? What did it mean? Well, when the God, uh, when it was put into play, right? It was done. Congress passed the act on April twenty second, eighteen sixty four. And that changed the design of the one cent coin to include the model and authorizing the creation. There it goes. That uh that, that 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 creation um of the two cent coin. Um they put in God We Trust on it and it first appeared on the eighteen sixty four two cent coin. That's the first time they ever seen in God We Trust. Now, why would we put in God We Trust? I mean, there's a lot of different stories I've heard. Uh, they do have one available on the internet, and it goes into uh, excuse me, it goes into why the dollar or why in God We Trust was put on there. Now, it states that the motto in God We Trust was placed on the United States coin largely because of the increased religious sentiment existing during the Civil War. Secretary of the Treasury Salmon P. Chase received many Appeals from devout persons throughout the country Urging the United States to recognize The deity on the uh, On um, uh, On United States Coins, excuse me So basically And when they say deity that means Your belief Entity, be it God, Allah Buddha, whatever the case may be which God and Allah are one and the same. In all actuality, are just different languages. I don't even know why I use that as an example. Bad example. But, you know, God and Buddha. Two perfect examples of deities. Um, Ogun, Oshun, Yemaya. you know, Orishas. Perfect example of deities. Um, if one calls them a deity. I know some... some. And I guess it depends on what, what, what training of thought and what school of education you come out of. So, I guess I can give them that. But... Anyways, moving right along, it goes on to say from the Treasury Department's records, it appears that the first such appeal came in a letter dated November 13th, 1861. And it was written to Secretary Chase by Reverend M.R. Watkins, Watkinsons, who was the minister of the gospel from Ridleyville, Pennsylvania. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but that's why they got it on there. People basically uh, voted it in on there and it was used as a form of control. You know what I mean? But, uh. Let me see. What other... Hmm. Okay, interestingly enough. Interestingly enough. Let's say you write on money, right? Y'all know. Mm -mm. Anyways, if you write on money, right? If you write on money, according to money facts at the Bureau of Engraving and Printing's website... The defacement of currency is a violation of Title 18, Section 333 of the United States Code. Once again, Title 18, Section 333 of the United U.S.C. Code. Um, under this provision, currently defacement is generally defined as follows. Whoever mutilates, cuts, defigures, perforates, unites, or cements together, or does any other thing to any bank bill, draft, note, or other evidence of debt. You me hear this again. You guys Hmm Their debtors notes. So for everyone is out there flashing the big money, you got the big stacks, they're holding a bunch of debtors notes. Get that through your head. So anyways, um under this provision, currency defacement is generally defined as follows Whoever mutilates, cuts the figures, portraits, unites or cements together does not uh does anything to any bank note draft, no, any bank bill draft note or other evidence of debt issued by any national bank association, the Federal Reserve Bank or the Federal Reserve System, with intent to render such items unfit to be reissued, shall be fined no more than $100 or in prison not more than six months. So, but defacement of currency in such a... um. Let me see. The facement of a currency in such a way that it is made unfit for circulation comes under the jurisdiction of the United States Secret Service. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Um. Let's see. Okay, I know I got a lot of people asking me like, okay, so when did we go off this gold standard? When was it backed by gold? And A lot of people that don't know it was backed by gold. But those that do, you're probably familiar with House Joint Resolution 192. Those that aren't, I'm going to break it down. House Joint Resolution 192 was when President D. Roosevelt approved on June 5th, 1933, that obligations payable in gold or silver coin or currency are contrary to public policy and that those obligations should be discharged dollar for dollar in legal tender. Mm. After the circulation, I mean, after that resolution was adopted, Currency of the United States could not be converted into gold by United States citizens. Pay attention. And he say USA citizens, United States citizens, which is a statutory claim. Um, but the treasurer would convert gold dollars into gold for foreign governments as a means of maintaining stability and confidence in, in eh, I guess, a confidence in the dollar um but because the dollar was no longer freely convertible only one uh one could consider that the United States was no longer a gold standard mm yeah i guess you could say it's not um so yeah i wonder hmm, one could consider the United States no longer on the gold standard right 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 so we're not on the gold standard so it makes you think what's the money back by where's the value added in the money there is none i goes on to say, however, one considers the gold standard, if, however, one considers the gold standard as a monetary system in which the unit of money is backed by gold, even if the monetary unit cannot be converted into gold, one could argue that the United States went off the gold standard on August 15th, 1971, when President Nixon announced that the U.S. dollar would no longer be converted into gold in the international market. So they took that away even on an international level. Um, the president was able to suspend the ability to convert the dollar into gold because there was no legal requirement that the United States exchange gold for dollars. man, y'all really got to learn the law and what governs you because it does govern you if you allow it, if you're under this jurisdiction. Um, on, on December 18th, 1971, the president devalued the dollar. Why do you, I mean, I don't understand. Um... He devalued the dollar, and even though the devaluation was effective immediately, only Congress could officially charge the gold value of the dollar. Or change, excuse me. Could change the gold do- dollar, the gold value of a dollar. Early in 1972, Congress passed public law ninety-two two sixty-eight, which gave formal approval to the December 1971 valuation. Hmm, let's check that out. Public law ninety-two. 92- 92 and what was the? What was it? 268. Okay, so we got 92, 268. Let's see what we got here. Let me see an act to provide for the striking of medals and commemoration to of tile first United States international transportation exportation. Hmm. Let's see. Be it, be it enacted by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled, that in commemoration of the first United States International Transportation Exposition to be held at Dulles Airport, yada, 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 acted blah blah, 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 that's not it, 67, ah, here we go, to provide for modification in the per value of the dollar, and for other purposes. This is public law 92268. It's an act. Remember, there are no laws. Okay, the only four laws. What are the four laws in the in the United States? These are laws. Remember, you're under statutes and acts. They're different from laws. The four laws are injury. What is it? Injury, fraud. Uh man, it's only four laws in the United States. Let me see if if they even allow you to Google it. Let me see. let me see let me see if it allow me to bring this up treaties that's what it was um now within this let me see I might not agree with that okay here is saying that the four primary sources of law okay those are sources of law I'm looking for the types of law cuz I know it's like injury to the body it is is Man, I can't think of the four. I, I, I really want to bring them to you so you, so you all know exactly what we're doing. Because a lot of things that we break are acts and um, are acts and statutes. They're not law. Law and a statute are two different things. But eh, we're not going to get into all that. Anyways, uh, being enacted by the... And I'm, I'm reading Public Law 92.268. Once again, it's an act to provide for a modification in the par... Value of the dollar and for other purposes be enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled section one. This act may be cited as the par value modification act. The secretary of the Treasury is held hereby authorized and directed to take the steps necessary to establish a new par value of the dollar of one dollar equals one thirty eighth of a fine Troy ounce of gold. When established, such par value shall be the legal standard for defining the relationship of the dollar to gold for the purpose of issuing gold certificates pursuant to 14C of the Gold Reserve Act of 1934. Uh, United States Code 31 405B, Section 3. The Secretary of the Treasury is authorized and directed to maintain in the value. In, uh, maintain the value in terms of gold of the holdings of the United States dollars of the monetary excuse me International Monetary Fund, the International Bank for Reconstruction and Development, the Inter-American Development Bank, the International Development Association, and the Asian Development Bank to the extent provided in the Articles of Agreement of such institutions. There is hereby authorized... Yeah, that's crazy. They got the Asian Bank. Yeah, I ain't peeped that. This is hereby authorized to be appropriated to remain... Available until extended, such amounts. Uh such amounts as may be necessary to provide for such maintenance of value. Once again, it says there is hereby authorized to be approved to remain available until expended. Such amounts as may be necessary to provide for such maintenance of value. Um, section four, the increase in the value of gold held by the United States, not USA, just the United States, including the gold held as security for gold certificates resulting from the change in the par value of the dollar authorized by section two of this sh- this act, shall be covered into the tre- treasury as a miscellaneous receipt. Wow. Miscellaneous, right? And that was approved March 31st, 1972. So, if so I imagine wanting to come through, just bring a quick, quick story, you know what I'm saying? Just give you a little insight on what money is and what it isn't. So, um, let's see. What is, because when we look at what's legal money, right? Let me see. Let me see if, if I can find it. Hmm, excuse me, I apologize. Let's see, let's see, let's see, where is... Got it. So the Constitution in Article 1, right? Constitution of the United States, not the Constitution for the United States. I believe it's in the Constitution of, you know, so there's two different ones. But um, section 10 reads No shapes, no state shall coin money, emit bills of credit, or make anything but gold and silver a tender in payment of debts. Right? That's what the Constitution said. But they've come out with this note. That can easily be inflated. And they allow you to do commercial transactions with it back and forth, yada 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 yada. And we have been given the misconception that it's money. And we treat it as money. When at the end of the day, it's a debt note. That's it. There's no intrinsic value of it. There's no intrinsic value of it. You know what I mean? So um for all those guys out there that got a bag, I'm gonna tell you, what you wanna do with your debt notes are you is you want to trade them in for assets. Be it commodities, precious metals, property, whatever the case may be. And for those that really, really think they got a bag, you want to place those assets in a trust fund. In a private trust, um, an asset protection or asset separation. And you want to hold them and allow the trust to own them. Remember, key. The key to operating in full as a wealthy individual is to own nothing and con- but control everything because that which you own you're held liable for but if you're just in control of it then that which owns it is held liable you understand what i mean so for anyone out there that got a super duper bag learn how to invest in assets tangible and non-tangible such as gold or cryptocurrency property even though on the property side, I would wait to buy any type of real estate for uh, maybe about three years. Um, we're definitely going to have another another dip, another crash like we had in 08, maybe worse. But um, you want to be able to comprehend and understand and overstand that cash is in actuality used for the public and those that are not able to transact or do any type of. Commercial transactions using X amount of credit So I'll do a totally different build on credit and what it is and how it works But I just wanted to come through today and build on what is Money what is currency, so I hope this was help <clears throat> helpful to anybody if you want to leave a comment You are able to post a comment for anyone that goes to the um, that goes to the actual um, podcast page If you go on I believe the first page let me see myself I believe it does allow you to leave a comment um let me see if you go on my main page let me hold on let me check it out let me pull it up myself real quick okay so if you go on the main page and you look What you're gonna see is right next to my picture, it's gonna say voice message. And it's got a little plus. All you gotta do is hit that button, leave a voice message. And let me, you know, you can even leave, you know, thank you for this. Uh, or could you uh, you know, check this out on the next podcast. Or if you any type of suggestions, any type of questions, y'all can easily leave them there. So I hope this was helpful to any and everybody. If you got any questions, go ahead and leave a message. Until the next podcast. This is Amir, the mayor Chicago, crypto hustler, Bitcoin block bully representing New Money Matrix. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. I am out of here.